through the night Deep in the heart of Texas The trailer park is nice and dark Deep in the heart of Texas Dad drinks his brew and he spits his shoe Deep in the heart of Texas The TV players but no one cares Deep in the heart of Texas Hey everybody, welcome to Bois, Bois, King of the Hill Rewatch Podcast. I am Mike. And I'm Rusty. That's Rusty. Yeah. Uh, Rusty, season four, episode two. Season four, episode two. We got a friend. And we got video Look at this. too, though. A little friend. Video. Don't forget your own video. Don't pick your nose. Yeah, well, I can pick his nose. Pick his nose. Oh, my nose. Yeah, you can pick his nose with two fingers. You know, <laughs> the, the odd thing <laughs> is, let's see. Oh, there's a coffee cup there in the front. I think that's my fault. But... That may mysteriously disappear. All right, so season four, episode two, Cotton's Plot. Cotton's Plot. Uh, the uh, the big battle for the Arlington Cemetery plot, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Uh, it's a Texas State Cemetery. Oh, it's Texas State Cemetery. Oh, fun fact. I yeah. I by that sucker probably Do you really? twice a week. Yeah, because it's in Austin, and, in the, and it's like in a really weird spot in Austin, too, because it's in like a neighborhood. It's in like an older neighborhood with like – Living like people living near it, you know. What I mean? like is it homes. is it as big as they kind of make it look? Uh, I mean, it's fairly good size. I feel like it's a pretty big cemetery as far as cemeteries go. And then it's even funnier. I have like uh, uh, personal attachment to cemeteries. Not not that I'm dead had ever been in one, but my dad, when I was a kid, he worked for a monument company. So we would go have lunch with him sometimes wherever he was at. And yeah. He would be in a cemetery. So we would have lunch. My little sister said uh, she called it lunch with the dead people. Mm. So we would go we would go eat lunch in cemeteries with our dad. So uh yeah, no, I like cemeteries. I, th- I think they're cool places. Yeah, they they are definitely um, it's historical. That's what I like about. It. I like the history. I well, like they're historical. The, the epitaphs, they're so. they're uh, normally fairly clean. They're well maintained, uh, peaceful. Especially state. It's yeah. super well maintained. Yeah, that's true. And then uh, it's another thing too that you see in Austin. That's a that's a phenomenon right now because of the law enforcement stuff. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of uh, state troopers. But most of them are generally in around like the state capitol, right? Or they're around the state cemetery, you know, state stuff like that. So that's they, they patrol that stuff. But uh, no, it's definitely a beautiful cemetery. The cemetery we're going to be discussing. So today. we start off at the doctor's office. I can only assume that this is at the uh, Heimlich County um, physical therapy office, yeah, the or, or either the hospital, one or the other. Or the yeah, one of the uh, first thing we see is the doctor cutting off the cast of uh, of Peggy. So it, it and we learn here in a few minutes that it's been 6 weeks. So she's yeah, been in this yeah, cast yeah, this whole body weeks. cast for 6 weeks which if you crush your entire body, six weeks doesn't seem like enough to me. It, it it isn't enough, but if you go by like the standard healing time for a broken bone, 6 weeks is about the, about the time. So she's probably still kind of fucked up and sore real bad, yeah. but you know, going through something as traumatic as she just went through, falling from crushing sky like your that, entire crushing body. your entire body. I would think that like she might heal, all her stuff might be in its right place after six weeks. Yeah. But are you ready to get up out of a bed and? Well, you know, obviously she's not. Move around. So no, uh, yeah, so. we find that out pretty quickly. Yeah. So he's using that cool saw that uh, doesn't cut the skin but only cut casts, which I don't know where that technology came from. Yeah, I don't know either. Unless unless Artie had no, had some the, info on that. In that one, okay. Yeah. 
Uh, so we're in the doctor's office. She's uh, she's kind of looking around, or she's wiggling her toes as he's cutting this cast off. Hank says, uh, "Huh? They make a saw that doesn't cut skin, but they can't make a parachute that opens." And then <laughs> and then he like gets his face right down in what the doctor's doing and puts goggles on, like so he can watch. Because yeah. God forbid somebody use a tool and him not be there to see it, and then you not know? have the proper safety attire right. for it. You got right. to have the right uh, P. What do they call it? Uh, PPE. PPE. Personal protection. Um, Peggy, of course, she's not having any of this. She's just like, uh, can we move this along? I have a full day uh, ahead of me. Boggle with Nancy at two, softball practice at four, and at some point I should probably take a shower. Well, yes. I you hope should, so. Peggy. Yeah, I hope so, Peggy. <laughs> Doctor says, now, Peggy, don't expect to be 100% right away. It's likely your muscles have atrophied. Uh, he takes the top off of the cast, and, and what really struck me was, um, you know, she's all bandaged up on the top kind of like a crop top or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's wearing shorts. She's wearing the same pair of shorts underneath this cast the entire time. Them suckers got like, stink. It's like culotte shorts, you know, yeah, it goes down to her knees. Stink, <laughs> she, she, uh, uh, as in a full body. Cast? Yeah. I don't know, man. Especially in shorts. I guess she would have to be right. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming like a catheter at the bottom of the cast. <laughs> Man, I don't Peeing know. Down your leg. Well, I you have to have some sort of access hole, right? Ooh, whoa, <laughs> something like that's that. Spooky. <laughs> that's an Whatever old radio. That was there we go. Old radio handle. An old radio. Uh, okay, so she kind of they get her up on the side of the bed, and she goes, "Well, what you may not know, doctor, is that every morning since the accident, I have been doing isometric butt clenches." And then they both go to kind of help her, and she goes, no, 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 thank you, doctor. I'll take it over from here. And, it, again, what struck me here was her very, very skinny legs. Uh, yeah, in six weeks, her legs have just <laughs> yeah, gone to super, nothing. Super uh, she goes, I'll take it from here. And she uh, falls flat on her face right in front of them. Yeah. Well, it does kind of atrophy like that pretty quick. I broke my arm <laughs> when I was 11. Yeah. And uh, I was a meteor kid around that time. I was pretty chunky and stuff. And my arm. A meteor I kid. My, yeah, I was, well, not like yeah, I get it. Sure. Meaty, like yeah, big. yeah, and then I put I put my arms side by side after losing that all that muscle mass on that arm. My arm was really like my wrist, little tiny, right here. I could put my hand around down here too. Yeah, I generally couldn't. It was the same thing. I I shattered this wrist. Uh, a, cool a buddy of mine was doing uh, donuts in a parking lot, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a good idea to just straddle the front of the uh, of the truck as he was doing donuts, and uh, he decides, oh, I'm just gonna stop. So I went flying off, caught myself, shattered my wrist, Ooh. and I had to have this cast replaced three times uh, because I kept effing with it. You know, I kept messing, messing with, with it, it. like yeah, putting yeah. little holes in it and stuff, and yeah. the doctor yelled at me several yeah, he didn't times. didn't like that. So, <laughs> so from that, uh, Hank just goes, huh, after she falls, and uh, we go straight to the credits. Uh, after the credits, we come, uh, we're at the Heimlich County Physical Therapy. Did we get a bell and a yell? Uh, we don't get a bell nor a yell. No bell, no yep. yell. No bell, no yell. Uh, Hank is pushing Peggy in the wheelchair into the uh, physical therapy office, and we see a lot of um, very limp people on giant exercise balls just kind of laying there. Uh, you hear a lot of uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. There's a guy hanging from the ceiling that they're lowering into a bathtub. I mean, I know I've seen that as far as physical therapy goes before. Uh, and Hank says, well, what do you know? It doesn't smell at all in here. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he says, oh, come on, Peggy. You'll be back on your feet in no time. Stop moping. Peggy just kind of with her head down in the wheelchair, uh, looking very much like an invalid, you know. Oh, by the way, there's a guy on a treadmill in the background. Looks a lot like John Redcorn. 
I don't think it is, but looks a lot like Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. 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 Uh, she goes, I am not moping. I'm having trouble supporting my head. <laughs> so she can't get her head yeah, up. Well, that's a lot of, yeah, I mean, she had all that muscle mass. She hasn't lifted her head in six that's weeks. That's right. That's right. Up comes uh, a very large man named Ramsey. He goes, and, uh, I'm going to interrupt you real yeah, fast. Yeah, go, go for it. Before the guy speaks, starts talking. So uh, the voice of this guy is uh, Ramsey, the legendary Phil Lamar. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you who don't know who he is, he is one of the original cast members of Mad TV, and he is also in a, uh, uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, Marvin. He played Marvin. Oh, Fiction. oh, I didn't realize that. Um, so uh, he comes up and he goes, Peggy Hill. All right, uh, my name's Ramsey. I'm your physical therapist, and I'm going to have you walking again in no time. Uh, and the funny thing is he doesn't just say, I'm going to have you walking again in no time. He goes, I'm going to have you looks at his clipboard walking in no time. Uh, <laughs> Peggy, <laughs> yeah. Peggy finally gets up the strength to look up and she goes, you will. He goes, sure. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow in a month. Mm, way too soon. Uh, she, <laughs> Peggy just once again, just like, <laughs> he says, don't be so tough on yourself. Nobody spends six weeks in a cast without their body going a little soft. Yeah, it's going to. He said, but that's okay. Water's soft too, but give it time and it'll carve the Grand Canyon. Now that didn't take a week or, or a day or even a month. It took over 200 years. Peggy, of course, being the smartest person in the room, says the Grand Canyon took millions of years. He goes, you got to learn to trust me, Mrs. Hill. We're going to be working together one hour at a time, once a week, for however long it takes to carve you a Grand Canyon. Well, here We're, we go. We got, sorry, I didn't No, I didn't you're good. You again. So, Artie got me some more facts here. About the Grand Canyon? Uh, yeah, I got some Grand Canyon sure. facts. Uh, it's a big hole. I guess Sophia Lauren hasn't been mentioned yet. No, mm -mm. she hasn't. Okay. So, uh, the Grand Canyon is mm -hmm. 277 miles long, and it's up to 18 okay. miles wide in some parts and over a mile deep. It is estimated to be 5 to 6 million years old. It is crazy to think that water formed that. Yeah, you know what's even crazier you know? about it? What? So this is, a, this is a fun fact that uh, Artie didn't put on here. This is a geology fact for me here because I've been to the Grand Canyon. I've been down Rocks. into the Grand Canyon to the, to the uh, they call it the Bright Angel Pass down at the very bottom. Okay. Uh, so the Sierra Club... Back in the day, uh, they were doing dams and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Sierra Club, mm -hmm. for those who don't know, is conservation. They're they're about protecting stuff like that and water resources and mm -hmm. stuff. So, uh, Glenn Powell, the guy who Glenn Powell Dam is named after, uh, which is okay. Lake Powell in Arizona, which is the northern lake on the the watershed there. Okay, uh, you have the Hoover Dam and the Glenn Powell Dam. Okay, uh, Glenn Powell Dam is up upstream. Well, during that time frame, Glenn Powell, he was doing an expedition, and they were getting ready to flood, and it was between the two canyons, the Grand Canyon or the Glenn Powell Canyon, to get flooded and uh, to do all the, uh, to, to do the water conservation stuff and mm -hmm. make the lakes and stuff like that so they could have, you know, water resources in the west. Well, he was going up the can he was going down the canyon at Glen Powell after they had already made the decision that this is the 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 canyon that is going to be flooded this canyon here. Yeah. Well, when he was floating it, he re he was like because they used to I flood mean, them. They used to flood those things for like uh, hydroelectricity and yeah, well, stuff like that, did. right? Yeah, they flooded it for they, they, like was, oh brother, where taming, art thou? Yeah, it was taming the Colorado River is what yeah. they did. Was those two dams, the Hoover Dam and then the Glen Powell Dam? Sure. But uh, when they were floating through the Glen Powell Canyon, he had told himself he was like. We made a super terrible error in which canyon we had chose mm -hmm. to flood because if they would have made the, the decision would be the Grand Canyon that would be flooded. 
and we wouldn't be, you know, the Grand Canyon, we wouldn't be going and seeing it and things like we do. It wouldn't be that big of a deal. But uh, they flooded the other one. But the other one, when they went through it, the archaeological stuff, the just the beauty of it was way more beautiful and everything than the Grand Canyon. Oh, wow. And they ended up flooding the wrong one pretty much uh, in wow. retrospect. But it was too late by the time they did it. So That's there you nuts. go. Fun geology facts right here on King of the Hill. <laughs> here on Bois. Uh, so he says, uh, we're going to do this drop by drop. Are you with me? She goes, well, all right. You know, now she's back into it, right? Because yeah, he's ready. he's yeah, giving her the ready. pep talk, yeah, she's all that, that stuff. Kind of person too. If you give her a yeah. good pep talk, she'll be she'll be right there with she, you. She goes, I guess so. Okay, let's do it. He goes, great. See you next week. That's rough, man. Give somebody a big pep talk like that and yeah, go, yeah, hey, we'll see you next week. Yeah. She goes, uh, uh, next week. He goes, drop by drop, Mrs. He goes, drop by drop, and then he looks over to Mrs. Flores and goes, Mrs. Flores, yeah, you got it. And it's just a lady laying real limp on an exercise (laughs) ball. And so Peggy puts her head back down. She tells Hank, now I am moping. Uh, Now we're back at the Hill House. Uh, Hank says, uh, we see see Peggy's face with her eyes covered. And uh, Hank says, no peeking. She goes, I'm not peeking. He goes, Okay, you can open your eyes now. And we see that Luann has been holding her, her hands over, over Peggy's, her, eyes. Peggy's eyes. Yeah. And she goes, okay, they're open. Luann. Oh, 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 ta-da, says Luann. Uh, and we see Hank and all the guys standing out there. And Hank says, remember those 10 bags of cement you said I'd never use? Well, I used one. And we see a sidewalk that he's built. Basically, Which he's you never built- see again, according to Artie. This really? is the one time yeah. that you see it. Like, that's what I was wondering as I was it. watching it to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. know. So, because so I- Hank is... Hank is not only is he like uh, industrial. He goes and he he makes this whole pathway. Yeah. When it's over with, the situation's done. He tears the pathway back out and re-puts it back. I guess so. That's what I think he did. I think he's I guess like, he would well, have you know to. What? I don't need this crap in my way. Uh, it's well, he loves his grass. I don't need. You know. Yeah. yeah. He so wants he his was, grass back. So he reclaims his yard when the situation's over, pretty much. That's nuts. That, that's a that's a very Hank thing. I you think. would think you would still see something, but it is a cartoon. So yeah. Uh, Peggy goes, oh, a wheelchair ramp. Well, number one, it's not a wheelchair ramp. It's an entire sidewalk. Yeah, he's got a pathway. He's built an entire sidewalk from the back sliding glass doors all the way to the driveway. She goes, oh, a wheelchair ramp. Thank you. Uh, And it's funny because it's Dee Dee, Luann, Hank, Bobby, Peggy, Bill, Boomhauer, Dale. They're all in the backyard. It always strikes me as weird that everybody in the freaking neighborhood shows up for everything that happens. Yeah. Peggy says, now I don't have to be trapped in the house, huh? I can go anywhere in my wheelchair. Thank you. And she's, you can tell, she's still just super depressed about this. Yeah, she don't like it. It's not a very uh, Peggy situation. The other thing about this is that the cement's not dry. Because Bobby is over there on his on his uh, uh, hands and knees, and he goes, "Look, Dad, I'm Sophia Loren, huh?" And he's got his hands in the cement <laughs> yeah. like he's leaving his. Yeah, prints. so I got a little tidbit on Sophia Loren. Tell us about Sophia so, Loren. So Sophia Loren is an Italian actress. Uh, she was a one in the '50s, and she was known for being a very, very beautiful woman. Yeah. Uh, fun fact uh, is. She is on the American Film Institute list of the 50 greatest stars in history. She is number 21. But the fun fact about it is she is the last living member of that list. So Italian, 50, right? Yeah, she's Italian. She's Italian? Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of uh, uh, people who were Italian or Jewish mm-hmm. or they had the last names, they would change their names to sound more right, or right. whatever. Oh, so, I'm sure it's not Lorraine. So for the industry. Yeah, I'm well, sure it was, it's very it Italian. Like, uh, 
it was like uh, I Love Lucy and all that, Ricky Ricardo and stuff. Like it's hard for it was it was harder for people that kept their names. What a lot of a lot of oh yeah, a lot of actors, uh, musicians, they would change their name to be more Anglican to. Fit well, the the other thing is that. Um, they had to change their name if there was anybody in the Screen Actors Guild that already had that already name. Already had that name, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't walk around with somebody else's name, apparently. All right, so uh, he says, hey, Dad, look, I'm Sophia Loren, which I'm not sure how a 12-year-old boy uh, gets that reference, but that's fine. He is Bobby Hill. So that's true. We'll give him a pass. Hank says, Bobby, I'm driving you to school today. We need to talk. I, we never see this talk, but uh, we yeah. can only assume. Dee Dee, she says, uh, oh, I'm late for parenting class. Luann, could you give me a ride and help me find the baby? And then she turns around. Both of them go in the house, and she's got the damn baby on her back. Like the baby is in a papusa oh, or whatever papusa, on her back, yeah. you know. Uh, and Bill, being the only one left after everybody leaves, uh, uh, he is in his wife beater that's all stained up all the time. Uh, and he goes, I sure I'm glad you're out of that body cast, Peggy. She goes, well, thank you, Bill. He says, uh, what do you suppose they do with something like that? She goes, uh, throw it out, I imagine. And he just kind of <laughs> backs away real slowly and then runs off. Yeah, he, he goes to the dumpster probably. That's some creepy-ass stuff yeah, there, Bill. That's Bill. Really that is creepy, creepy. creepy. Uh, that stuff stinks. It it's got to stink. It's, it's, it's just gross. Yeah. Dead skin and everything. And, right. well, you know, spoiler alert, but he finds the body cast. Um, it, they must have just thrown it out. I guess there's no way that thing's just sitting around. I don't know. That's, anyway, well, it's a small clinic. It makes for good comedy. It's a small clinic. <laughs> then we see uh, Peggy. She tries to like back into the house in her wheelchair, and she's hitting the door, and she's really, really struggling with it. Cotton is in the kitchen making himself an ego waffle. Uh, and he looks at her and he just like, eh, you yeah, know, this just kind of uh, laughs at her a little bit. So this, the exchanges between uh, Cotton oh, and Peggy in this episode crazy. make this episode one of my top episodes that I like. I love the exchanges in this episode because at the end of the day, Cotton is a is a complete scumbag. Obviously, he is. Yep. Like if you boil it down, he's a piece sure. of shit. Honestly, but he terrible to women too. Has these. Oddly, and I think that whole generation has these kind of things where they're all just like they're all just hard ass, weird ass old men, yeah. but they always have this weird redeeming quality, like yeah. you know, like they don't like black people, but they'll mow their neighbor's yard, yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of stuff. Like yeah. it's always these weird things, yeah, but they'll still go out and do goodwill. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, well, this guy's broke down on the side of the road. Well, I don't like this guy, but you know what? I'm gonna change his tire just to show him I'm better than him. That kind of thing. It's you crazy. I mean? it's yeah, crazy. it's always yeah. this misplaced um like uh friendship or 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 community, you know, yeah, yeah, angle yeah, yeah. or whatever they're taking on it. It's all the micro But it's very, very misplaced. Uh, Depression. It, I think, it I is think all the, the the lack of nutrients in their brains. During Depression. <laughs> there wasn't very much good fruitful food at that time. I think. So he's in there trying to uh, to get the waffle. He finally makes his and takes it over to the table, and he's cutting it with a knife and a fork. <laughs> Uh, which that's got to be one hard-ass waffle if you need a knife. Uh, he goes, ain't you going to eat your waffles, what, Hank's wife? It's right in front of you. Uh, because Peggy sees and tries to make her own waffle, and, of course, it pops up, flops right out onto the floor. Uh, she goes to get it, 
uh, Cotton sees the Ego flop on the floor. He goes, reach for it. Come on. You wouldn't last a day in a Japanese POW camp. <laughs> she goes, excuse me? He goes, Tojo had me cooped up in a bamboo rat cage. There was nothing to eat except rats, so that's what I ate. After two weeks, I was down to my last rat, so I had to let him live so I could eat his droppings. droppings. Called it jungle rice. Tasted w- fine. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, what the jungle new, rice. I wonder what the nutritional value of rat shit is. Oh, actually, it can't be much. Uh, I mean, there has to be some type They're just of not very right? big. No, you're right. <laughs> Peggy wheels off into the living room. She kind of gets stuck in the door. Cotton goes and gets her and wheels her right back to the table. Uh, he goes, yeah, by September, I was finally thin enough to slip between the bamboo bars of my cage. I strangled the guard with a rope, made a braided rat tails, and ran to safety. Then we hear a uh, horn honking out front. Uh, it is the uh, the hospital shuttle or the... Uh, <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. looked up something about rats real fast just to go ahead. And <laughs> just, just to see, you know what I mean? So... I typed in what is the nutritional value of rat shit, and uh, it came up with a bunch of different things. It says, is rat feces toxic? And it says here, according to uh, health.ny.gov, so this is the health department in New York, anyone who comes into contact with rat droppings is exposing themselves to the potential viruses and diseases that they carry. They said one of them, the worst one to get, uh, is Hantavirus disease. Yeah, the Hanta. Yeah. Whatever the Hantavirus yeah, disease is. Bad. So it says exposure to poorly ventilated areas with active rodent infestations in households is the strongest risk factor for infection. So I imagine eating their uh their poop. Oh, it can't be like good. That. No, no, I don't think it's good and ever it says at all. Their their urine spreads lep leptos uh, whatever. Lep- it's a form of leprosy. Leptospriosis, yep. and it said it can result in liver and kidney damage, and it can be contracted through handling or inhalation of feces or urine which include renal and liver failure as well as hey folks crops. don't eat rat droppings don't eat rat droppings actually a friendly reminder from your friends here at Bois. don't huff rat piss don't huff rat piss that uh you can buy those That's shirts advice. in our uh in our patreon we should uh, really put that on there we should have a patreon that said don't or, huff or, rat or piss or a store or something <laughs> that has like hank's face or dale's face it says don't huff rat piss <laughs> that'd be that's a good shirt that's a good shirt so I would, I would wear that shirt every day the hospital shuttle uh pulls up it's on Honking its horn, uh, she's uh, she's uh, overcome with with thankfulness. She goes, "Oh, thank God!" Well, that's my ride to rehab. He goes, "To be continued." Uh, now we're at therapy, and Peggy is like, oh, "I just can't." Uh, the therapist, uh, they all have clipboards, by the way, and I just wrote down the words: "Lots of balls." Lots. There's of balls. so many big giant balls. Uh, she goes, "I can't." He goes, "Drop by drop." She goes, "I can't." She, she, uh, and then she's she's trying to stretch this rubber band. Like, I don't know. If, have you ever had to do physical therapy? Uh, no, I've never done physical therapy. Okay. So I've had to do physical therapy, like, I don't know, five or six times. And um, Slow down, Mike. They're big on the rubber bands. Yeah. Like, they give you these stretchy band things. Yeah, the like resistance they're, workouts. Yeah, they're like these resistance bands, and the different colors have different kinds of resistance or whatever. I never bought into that. I just don't do it. Uh, and that's probably why I've been five or six times, but, uh, I don't care. I'm not playing around with a stupid rubber band. And, uh, what she does is she pulls on it and it pops and it just, you know, flies off. Yeah. He goes, Oh, it's all right. She goes, Oh, he goes, great set. You showed that rubber band who was boss. She says, but you told me to do eight to 12 reps. I maybe did zero to one reps. If you count that last one, zero to one reps, which I thought was fantastic. He says, every drop counts, Mrs. Hill. You're wearing down the rock. And by the way, I checked. You were both right. It was 200 million years. 
That's not right. He said 200 years, and she said a million years. You don't put those together and say 200 million. (laughs) So, yeah, all right, we're both right. (laughs) (laughs) So we're back at Hank's house. Uh, It's at night. It's in the bedroom. And uh, you hear Hank off camera going, so how was rehab? She goes, I stretched a rubber band today. And they come into frame, and Hank is giving her a piggyback ride because she's so limp, right? And he just kind of flops her down on the bed and starts taking her glasses off and getting her ready for bed. And she goes, I stretched a rubber band today. He goes, hey, that's great. Oh, who am I kidding? That rubber band kicked my ass. He says, "Uh, look, I know you're disappointed. You you just got to take it one day at a time like the drunks do. Like the okay. drunks do. She goes, Hank, I just want to go to sleep. Fetal position, please. And so he curls her up into the fetal position and just pulls the covers over her. That is one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Uh, followed by this very, very sad thing. Yeah. We're now in Bill's kitchen, and uh, he is uh, shaking the boggle uh, thing uh, with all the stupid letters in it. And uh, he goes, hey, yeah. And he is at his, uh, he's at his kitchen table with boggles set up in front. And then he's got the body cast of Peggy sitting in a chair across from him and a funky, like, like uh, eight by 10 of her head stuck in the hole yeah. at the top. It's it's super the, creepy stuff. It's the creepiest, saddest that thing I've ever creepy. seen. And in the background, uh, uh, the window uh, that he's sitting in front of, you see Dale come through there. He's in his orange jumpsuit, like spraying for bugs or whatever. He goes, what? <laughs> he goes, oh, oh uh, uh, I just get so lonely, and we both like playing Boggle. Of course, she always wins, doesn't she? Uh, please don't tell, tell Hank. And so Dale is like, um, of course, you know, Dale being Dale figures out a way to use this for himself. He goes, I want her for the carpool lane. Now we're back at the uh, hospital van. Um, it's out there waiting for her, uh, and um, you you – you see Peggy in the kitchen, and she's got all her stuff, and she's getting ready to go, and uh, she gets stuck on a cabinet door, and it ends up keeping the wheelchair back, and she falls out onto the kitchen floor again, um, just just showing you how tough this is on Peggy and Peggy's body. Uh, and uh, then up comes Cotton. He goes, that what they've been teaching you in rehab, Hank's wife? She goes, uh, okay, Cotton, you had your fun. Now, why don't you help me into my chair? He goes, why don't you help yourself? She goes, well, I am trying. Don't you think I'm trying? I can't. He goes, because you're weak. You ain't got the guts. You don't deserve to walk again. Jeez. Yeah, you don't deserve to walk again. <laughs> That's a big one. You don't that deserve to walk one. again. Uh, the van driver outside, he's shouting, Peggy Hill, honking the horn. Uh, it, Cotton goes out and goes, she'll be right here. And then he turns back in and goes, you want to waste your time in a rehab? Get in your chair and go. She goes, you sadistic son of a, what are you waiting on your knees for, woman? Praying ain't going to help. If God loved you, he'd have opened up your sissy shoot. <laughs> if sissy God shoot. loved you, he would have opened your sissy well, shoot. Yikes. Uh, she just uses sheer will and gets right back into her chair after struggling and struggling. She goes, you shut up, you. Oh, yeah. When she gets there, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you hear the horn honking outside this, uh, again. This line is probably one of my favorite of the whole episode. Oh, right she here. comes over. She shuts the sliding glass doors and she goes, teach me to walk. Talking to Cotton. He goes, you ready to hate me more than you ever hated anyone in your life? She goes, I already do. He goes, well, then we're halfway there, (laughs) (laughs) which is fantastic. This is really a great Cotton episode. Oh, it is. It's a really good Cotton episode. Like I said, this is probably one of my top five episodes of all time. It is a good one. Yeah. Because just just solely based on the exchanges between uh, Cotton and Peggy. Peggy and Cotton. I really like how he rides. It's pretty good stuff. uh, You know, generally, she's 
you know, willing and willing and strong to to deal with uh, deal with cotton, and you know they mitigate the problem pretty sure. well. But now she can't. No, she can't. She, she got nowhere to, to go with it. She got to hear it and listen to it, and it helps. And that is a commercial break for them. And this is our first commercial break, and we will be right back. Let me tell you, Rusty, uh, eating healthy used to be a struggle for me, but that was before I discovered the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. The Blendjet 2. Now when fast food temptation strikes, I just blend up a delicious and nutritious protein shaker smoothie. You know, they gave us a whole bunch of those uh, little packages that came with the blender. Yeah. And there's some really good flavors in there. I mean, there's some like that matcha thing. The green matcha? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are pretty damn good. Uh, Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up smoothies at work, uh, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. Mm. It's small enough to fit uh, in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Maybe a human thumb. Don't. It doesn't. Don't put your thumb in it. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house. Lasts for 15-plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C, which has saved us all. There's nothing worse than turning that USB thing over and over and over and over and then finally finding how it plugs in, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't USB like that either. Yes. Saved USB-C us saved us all. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. <laughs> Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. Uh, there's 30 plus colors and patterns to choose from. There's a Blendjet 2 to complement just about any style. I have, um, we have a pink one? Lavender. Oh, I think ours is lavender. Uh, yeah. Mine is the Toy Story Aliens. Oh, yeah. It's like the Pizza Planet one. Ooh, yeah. that Ooh. one. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, they've got some really cool uh, um, colors, and yeah. but I really like the patterns. I know one of the people here got one that looks like Woody the Sheriff. Is there a code mm. with them? There is a code. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and glab, gra- <laughs> grab yours glibity, today. Glibity glab glob. it today. Glibity, glibity, glob. Uh, and when you do glab it, uh, make sure you use the promo code. B-W-A-A-A-1-2. That's to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to Blendjet.com and use the code BWAAA12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Blendjet 2, formerly known as Blendjet. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's me, your puzzle-loving pal. Did you know I was a puzzle-loving pal? I didn't know you were a (laughs) puzzle-loving pal. I got to tell you about my latest obsession. It's Wongo Puzzles. Uh, these things are the real deal. They are high-quality, handcrafted, and perfect for anyone who loves a good challenge but doesn't want to dedicate their entire kitchen table to puzzles for a week. Trust me, I have been there. I will tell you this. Uh, my parents, you know, they're very old and decrepit, and uh, they make uh, they, they do puzzles all the damn time. Yeah. Like, there's always a table that what has, else like, an unfinished do, right? puzzle. <laughs> yeah, it's either that or, I don't know. Die. <laughs> feel, feel your bones. Uh, so they these puzzles, these Wongo puzzles, they are 100% wooden. Uh, they'll last forever. Uh, each piece is hand-drawn. Just think about that for a second. Each piece is hand-drawn. Hand-drawn. So no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun whimsy pieces as you work through it. Whimsy. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. You know, before we started doing this, I didn't realize how many people I know already have these Wongo puzzles. I mean, they're they're apparently pretty... pretty you can't go wherever Juan go. <laughs> With uh, stunning designs and unique shapes, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I loved doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have it on the table for a week. 
Uh, what, so what are you waiting for? Let's go to Wongo Puzzles, W-O-N-G-O Puzzles.com and pick a puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code B-W-A-A-A for 10% off your order. It's the most fun you'll have with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to W-O-N-G-O Puzzles.com and use your code B-W-A-A-A to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. Uh, all right, so we are at the Hill House in the backyard, uh, and uh, Cotton is screaming into Peggy's face. Yeah, uh, Don't you eyeball me. Look away. Now, sitting there all high and mighty in your wheelchair like you're some Franklin D. Eleanor Roosevelt. D. Eleanor. That's a that's a joke. They're uh, making fun of Franklin Roosevelt. His wife's oh, name is Eleanor. Yeah. So that was just a dig. I get him. that. It's just uh, we well, got to think. Uh, FDR was a socialist uh, president. He was a president who put a lot of social programs and stuff like that. So I imagine Cotton being an extreme conservative probably was making fun of. Oh FDR sure. For, he goes like you're some Franklin D. Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, I got a telegram for you. You know FDR. Stop. You're wasting my time. Stop. I'm not even sure you want to walk. That's so I got a couple of things <laughs> That's here. That's hilarious. <laughs> Number one, the word stop is used in telegrams yes, a lot. Yes, it is. And so uh, I looked up uh, why you know is why they do it, right? Well, that's what I'm going to tell you. Oh. Why is the word stop used in telegram messages so much? And it's because the telegram lack punctuation marks, and the word mm -hmm. stop that replaces them is free. Yep. So there you go. Very easy. And, and then if we're just like putting a period on it, since they didn't have yeah. a punctuation, they would say stop. That's what, that way they knew they were finishing transmitting that particular line. Right. And then uh, if we look up FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, January 30th, 1882 to April 12th, 1945, commonly known as FDR. He was the 32nd president of the United States from 1933 until his uh, death in 1945. So 12 years. Yeah, he yeah. Got that's more than you can do now. Well, during, well, that's the thing is, is we could have we could have another president that goes that long, but it all, it's only during times of uh, war, strife. And yeah, that was like of that. course the the biggest war that we've had since. He uh, he previously served as the forty fourth governor of New York. I didn't realize that yeah, from twenty nine to thirty three, uh, the assistant secretary of the Navy from thirteen to twenty, and a member of the New York State Senate from nineteen eleven to nineteen thirteen. Uh, did he? Eleanor's his cousin. Her last name was Roosevelt when they got married. He said while the Roosevelts were vacationing sure. at uh, Camp Obello Island in August 1921, he fell ill. His main symptoms were fever, uh, symmetric ascending paralysis, facial paralysis, bowel and bladder dysfunction, numbness and hyperthesia, and a descending pattern of recovery. Roosevelt was left permanently paralyzed from the waist down and diagnosed with polio. Uh, historians have noted a, a 2003 study strongly favoring a diagnosis of Guillain-Barre uh, syndrome, uh, but have continued to describe his paralysis according to the initial diagnosis. So he, uh, he had yeah. polio. Yeah, well, the, they were part of a big family, too. The Roosevelts were a huge, huge, like... Uh, uh, they were like a big prominent family in early America, like mid 1700s sure. and stuff like that. They were filled with, uh, so they had uh, two U.S. presidents uh, were Eleanor's. 
or Ruth Roosevelt, Roosevelt. sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the first lady. She was a Roosevelt, so he married his cousin. They were both they were both last name Roosevelt when they got married. She didn't have to change her name. You know, that's the best thing about marrying your cousin is so less weird. paperwork. <laughs> yeah, that's super weird. But uh, I don't know how far distant they were either. I'm sure they were pretty distant. But, so he's, uh, he says, I'm not even sure you want to walk. She goes, well, of course, Cotton, I, of course I do. He goes, then tell me you want to walk. She goes, I want to walk. He goes, I can't hear you. I want to walk. Ah, what's that? I want to walk, she finally says. He goes, good. Now shine my boots and make them sparkly. He throws these gross-ass boots in her lap uh, with this gross-ass rag. uh, And he goes, I'm going to be buried in those Nazi stompers at the Texas State Cemetery. All right, Texas State Cemetery. We talked about that a little bit up front. Yeah, I got a little bit right here. Uh, It's a cemetery located on about 22 acres just east of downtown Austin, the capital of the U.S. state of Texas. Uh, Since 1851, the Texas State Cemetery has witnessed many changes, the most significant being when Lieutenant... Uh, Lieutenant Lieutenant Governor Bob Bullock initiated an extensive restoration project from 1994 to 1997. Another change made was the establishment of a three-member Texas State Cemetery Committee, which was appointed by Governor George W. Bush. Their goal uh, was for the cemetery to serve as a tribute to the many people who have made Texas famous throughout the world. So this this, uh, committee that they go in front of is a real thing. Yeah, so... uh it says here just a little fun fact that Arthur gave me about it. So fun facts about cemeteries. What it ended, what it, what it was originally for was it was the burial place of a guy called Edward Edward Burleson. He was a general Edward Cullen, the, uh, Texas Revolution, and uh, he was also the vice president of the Republic of Texas. Mm. After that, it was expanded into a Confederate cemetery during the Civil War, and then they expanded again to include uh, graves and uh, cenotaphs, which are empty tombs. Wait, uh, for they expanded Texans. to include, oh, uh, for prominent Texans. I yeah, was going to say, uh, how do you expand a cemetery to include graves? I mean, that's kind of the hallmark of a cemetery, Oh, yeah, right? yeah, no, they I expand mean, <laughs> to bury different people there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so he's going to be buried at this Texas State Cemetery is what he's thinking. He goes, uh, that's where our government interns its war heroes. Interns means bury war hero? Who's that? Means me. Uh, and Peggy goes, they're letting you in there? He goes, well, first I gots to die, but before that I gots to fill out an application and be approved by a damn commission. I killed 50 men, and now I gotta go begging for a war hero's grave? It ain't right. Peggy says, my arms are tired. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, and I was tired too when I was ordered to retake Munda Airfield in the Solomon Islands, but I retook it anyway. Then we get a flashback to wartime. Yep. And we get a strapping young six, six foot, foot four, four. Uh, cotton who uh, looks like he could take on the world. I yeah. mean, he looks like he's like 12 years old and just just like full of muscles. Uh, he goes, Tojo had a machine gun nest high up on a hill, had my whole unit pinned down. So I snuck myself behind enemy lines in a 55-gallon drum of sake, held my breath till they got good and drunk, and then I jumped out, spitting alcohol into my Zippo. And you just see this flashback of him jumping into this, this like five-gallon or this a 50-gallon barrel of sake, which I don't know if that's the way that they transported sake. Yeah, I don't know. But he jumps into it. He hides below, holds his breath. Then the uh, the Japanese uh, get very drunk. He jumps out, spits sake with his, uh, with his Zippo in front of him, and just <laughs> big fireball, uh, which I don't think that's the way it worked. We come back from the flashback. He goes, yep, I hibachied the whole squad, which is funny because that's foreshadowing for when uh, he actually dies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he goes, come on, lady, make them shine. And, and Peggy's sitting there shining those damn boots. She goes, 
boot, spits on the boot and starts shining it even more. Um, next thing we see is Dale pulling up in the Bugabago. I want to make sure I say that right. With an ice cream cone. Uh, and he goes, well, you just shaved two minutes off my commute. Uh, thanks, Peggy. And he's eating ice cream. And then you see Boomhauer just appear in the uh, passenger side door. He, ah! he goes, uh, please don't tell Hank. And Boomhauer is just staring at him. He goes, just disrespectful. Talk about it, Bill Dotry, man. Not even angry, man. Just dang old disappointed, man. Very. And he gets that cast and just walks off. Yeah. Like that's, that's the whole, that's the entire scene. He just gets the, he's disappointed. He gets the cast and he takes off. Uh, next we see Pe Peggy with the, uh, with the baby GH and, uh, cotton comes in and goes, play time's over. Hank's wife. And you hear the baby crying. He goes, Oh, now look what you done. He's crying. He picks up the baby. He goes, cuckoo, caca, cuckoo, caca, caca, <laughs> Just the weirdest baby talk <laughs> yeah. I've ever heard. Oh, poor little baby sitting on a fresh grenade. And he puts the baby on the damn floor. He just lays the baby yeah, on, the on the floor. floor. He goes, nobody likes that. <laughs> Peggy says, well, I can't get to him. He goes, crawl, damn it, crawl. Guam, 1944. Uh, you see Peggy throw herself onto the floor. She starts crawling over to the baby. He goes, I crawled to a minefield to retrieve General MacArthur's corncob pipe. That's right. I'm a hero. They're going to bury me in the Texas State Cemetery. There it comes again. You, you're a coward. They'll bury you on Coward's Hill. Peggy says, I am not a coward. Uh, and she turns over uh, and tries to punch cotton in the face yeah he just laughs at her and goes what are you doing swatting flies or just waving hello well hello to you too you fly swatting loser now move it <laughs> <laughs> it's just so fucking mean yeah, uh Didi Didi comes into the room does not pick up her child who is on the floor and says colonel i think the baby's crying <laughs> He goes, well, good job. Those parenting classes are really starting to play off. She says, thank you, and just leaves the damn room. Okay, so now we're at the dinner table. Uh, we got Bobby, Luann, Cotton, Dee Dee, and G.H. Uh, all sitting at the dinner table. Uh, and Hank starts walking in, and he goes, well, I don't mean to brag, but these steaks here, uh, Dad, you can take your teeth out. Uh, <laughs> Luann says, shouldn't we wait for Aunt Peggy to get back from rehab? She goes, huh? Oh, my God. Was it my turn to pick her up? Oh, no. Okay, Luann. Poor Luann. Yeah, she's sitting there by herself. Yeah. Uh, Cotton says, no, she quit the rehab. Uh, Hank says, she what? He goes, yep, I'm in charge now. She's making good progress. Don't need her wheelchair no more. And you just hear this bang, you know, she's all this. Banging <laughs> she's banging around. Tearing everything up. Peggy, uh, it shows Peggy, and she is crawling into the... <laughs> The, the dining room there's a plant down behind her all this stuff is crashed her wheelchair apparently has fallen over uh and, and hank says oh my god peggy what have you done to my wife he goes turned her into a highly trained motivated fighting machine peggy is just staring at him up on the floor uh hank says this is crazy dad you're not a medical professional first thing tomorrow we're going back to rehab uh cotton says is that what you want you want to drop out of the program peggy says no, no, sir. No, sir. And she crawls and, and gets up into her or tries to get up into her chair at the dinner table and she falls. Uh, and then <laughs> cotton says, uh, ah, good effort. Have some chow. And he puts her plate on the floor <laughs> with yeah. her. And then everybody sits down to eat their big steaks. And from the floor, you hear Peggy say, Hank, the steak is so tender. <laughs> she yeah, can't she even see her. She's just like on the ground. Dog, yeah. eating. Well, it's like uh, it reminded me of uh, uh, who was the guy in uh, uh, Knight Rider? 
David uh, Hasselhoff. Yeah. Do you remember that video where he gets real drunk and eats a hamburger on the floor of the of his uh, closet talking oh, to his daughter? Video with yeah. daughter got him. Oh, that was He's a just wild like, video. Just, well, just talking the, the whole is, time. Is, uh, I've never been like that in front of my kid, but oh, like God, no. eating a cheeseburger, like, like it's just funny because watching him eat that cheeseburger reminds me of times <laughs> where I've been hammered drunk trying to eat a cheeseburger. Sure. sure. And the worst part about being drunk and eating a cheeseburger, guys, is. When they got all the sauce at the restaurant, like if you yeah. eat it at the restaurant with the yeah. sauce on it, yeah. and you try to eat it, it just does this little oh, sure. slide thing. You got to go home first, guys. When they or it just drips and plops. That's what I do. I ask them for dry. I keep the vegetables and everything. You got no sauce. You got to remember that, so though. You you're drunk and you have to remember it. And you eat sauce at home, yeah. So uh, next, we're at the VFW. Uh, Cotton has brought Peggy here. He says, uh, had to get you out of the house. Nothing there but girls and babies. I'm referring to your husband. That's why I brought you here. And he's kind of parading her around the VFW. Uh, they go into the big room and he goes, meet the greatest collection of soldiers that the county has ever known or the country has ever known. Stinky, fatty, stinky, Brooklyn, stinky, Brooklyn, fatty, fatty, and doc. That's yeah. a lot of stinkies in Brooklyn's. No, it's stinky, fatty, stinky, Brooklyn, stinky, Brooklyn, fatty, fatty, and Doc. Right. Yeah, and then funny. he looks over at one other guy and goes, oh, and Erwin Linkler. And Erwin Linkler. <laughs> like he couldn't Irwin get a Erwin Linkler. Uh, now is, we're this at- the, is this the first time that we meet all these guys at, at once? No, because remember we had, uh, what's his name, that blows his cheeks up real big and scared the shit out of everybody. Stinky, I think, is that one right? I don't remember what his name is. Droopy, sleepy. Droopy, yeah. sleepy, Doc. Uh, now we're outside at the flagpole in front of the VFW, and he goes, uh, men have fought and died for this flag, and now we're giving you the honor of raising it. Show us how a real hero starts his day. Oh, how many boots did you shine? Your arms is still flabby because she's having a real hard time trying, trying to get that to, flag to it, up. Yeah. yeah. He goes, you done left old glory at half mass. And you hear all the veterans start to boo. She goes, well, who died? Is it you? Are you dying on me? Go ahead, because you don't deserve to live, you worthless. <laughs> it's just the worst. And that's when Peggy finally gets the energy to just punch him right in the face. Yeah. And everything stops. You can h- kind of hear the veterans go, oh, and uh, a little bit of blood starts trickling from Cotton's nose. He gets the blood. He looks at it. And he goes, <laughs> well, what do you know? That gal might have what it takes after all. And all the veterans start cheering. And then he says, now raise that flag. And she finally gets it all the way up the pole. All the way up. Oh, I used to do that every that's morning. Such a, that's you know, such a that's great cool. <laughs> Such a great exchange. I used to have to do that every morning. At school? Yeah, I was in ROTC, and that was yeah. what we were left with. We'd have to do, like, this little march formation. Go out sure. There, unfold it. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, now we're at the Hills house. Uh, we're in the bedroom. Uh, Hank says, Peggy, I'm setting the alarm for 7. And it goes, <laughs> he's setting his, his digital clock to 7 a.m. And he, he overshoots it by one minute. It says yeah. 7.01. He goes, dang it. And then he starts doing it again. <laughs> like one damn minute is going to make any difference whatsoever. Yeah, it's got to be 7 on the dot. Uh, uh, you see Peggy come in in a wheelchair. She goes, nope, set it for 530. Cotton wants me to cut back on my sleep, says it's making me soft. Uh, and Hank says, oh, Peggy, you remember how you've always hated my father? Well, I've never wanted to say anything because I didn't want to hurt your feelings, but I think my dad is not too fond of you either, pretty much. <laughs> and he's just kind of fumbling around, you know, because yeah. he doesn't really want to say it. He goes, uh, I'm just afraid he's taking advantage of your condition to, uh, well, I don't know, torture you or something and he says that real sheepishly (laughs) you know she goes oh hank he's not torturing me the man is inspiring me and with his help peggy hill is doing things that i never could have done on her own uh and she literally transfers from the wheelchair to the bed 
which is the first time she's done anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah, Hank yeah. kind of see he sees it and he kind of smiles and he goes, she goes, uh, that's why I'm helping him with his application. Did he ever tell you he survived eight days in a life raft by trapping rainwater in his upturned eyelids? <laughs> Hank, Hank just kind of sighs yeah. and he goes, yeah, he might've mentioned that once or twice. She Me goes, too. she yeah. says May, t- May 2nd, 45 during the battle for Okinawa, cotton invented a bayonet technique that is still used to gut men today. <laughs> she, uh, she has a whole like legal pad out and she's just scribbling notes and stuff and reading things off the, off the notepad. She says, uh, April 30th, 45, the occupation of Munich. Hank, uh, his his antennas kind of raise, and he goes, uh, hold on a minute, Munich, Germany? She goes, yes, Hank. He goes, well, how did my dad fight in Germany and Japan, Japan at the same time? She goes, well, let's see, April 30th, May 2nd, that's two whole days. How long does it take to kill 50 men, she says. Uh, and then we hear this conspiracy music, and we're just seeing kind of a... a, a a, a scene with Peggy in her office, right? Her, her yeah. water closet uh, office. And she's looking at a world map and she's doing all this research on how this could actually be a thing. Right. Uh, and then the next thing we see is five thirty. The alarm goes off. Hank turns over and Peggy's not in bed. Uh, uh, yeah. She, she's, yeah she's already, she's, a soldier now. She's, she, get up. she's already in that office and she's doing her research. Uh, cotton appears at the door of her office and he goes, well, let's go to work. Come on, grab some floor. She goes, hold on cotton. I have a few questions. He says, you don't ask me questions. I ask the questions around here. Like move it, move it, move it. Well, number one, uh, cotton, those, those aren't questions. Uh, he goes, what's wrong with you? You crawled yesterday. Now come at me. Peggy just kind of flops onto the floor. He goes like Okinawa when the Tojos came at me faster than I, I could gut them. So I had to gut them faster. <laughs> They're coming at me faster than I can gut them, so I had to gut them faster. Uh, She says, you were never in Okinawa. Yes, I was. Then you were never in Munich. Yes, I was. And then Hank uh, opens the bedroom door. He's in his underwear. He goes, morning, Hank. Scrambled. Black. Sports page. You got five minutes. And he just walks off. (laughs) Like He just gives these orders. Uh, It's wild how he does that. He didn't even think about anybody else. Peggy is still on the floor. She goes, oh, God, it was all lies. Why did I ever believe him? Why did I ever think that I could walk? Hank says, don't talk like that, Peggy. So I was right. That's not important now. He picks her up and puts her in the chair. I love the fact that he says, so I was right, but that's not important now, and then goes on to the next thing. What is important is that you get right back up on that horse. There you go. Puts her right back in there, Uh, and she looks very, very weak again. She says, uh, pass me Cotton's application. He may rot in hell, but he will not rot in the Texas State Cemetery. And then she tries to rip up the application. She can't do it, so she throws it on the floor and starts running over it in her wheelchair. Yeah. All right, and that is our second commercial break, and we will take that, and we'll be right back. Hey, Rusty, did you know that you could be putting oil and chemicals in your coffee? No, I, mean, I didn't know that. I mean, I love coffee creamer, but I don't think I've ever turned a bottle around to actually see what's inside. You know, recently I did, and I found out many of my favorite creamers, like especially the one my wife used to use, uh, they contain ingredients I would never intentionally add to my coffee cup, like canola oil, dipotassium phosphate, whatever that is, artificial flavors. I don't, I can't take artificial flavors a lot of the time, you know? I'm good on any flavoring. They taste gross. I don't like flavors in my coffee. I like like the earthen flavor of coffee. I mean, I love coffee. Don't get me wrong. I I do love it. I just, um, I don't like all that crap in my coffee, right? Yeah, no, it does that. So let me tell you about Laird Superfoods then. 
they have better ingredients, amazing taste, and functional benefits. Uh, Laird Superfood Creamers are crafted from the highest quality all-natural real food ingredients. All Laird products are sustainably sourced and thoroughly tested to ensure that you're incorporating the cleanest, finest fuel into your routine. Now, they're all-natural. They've got whole food ingredients. Uh, they contain naturally occurring MCTs from coconut oil. And everybody tells you coconut oil is good for you. Mm -hmm. There's no artificial flavors, no colors, no additives, uh, no sugar from highly refined corn syrup. So that's a big deal right there. Um, if you take one thing you do every day and make it better, Laird developed his creamer himself to stay powered for a day on the waves. He was a big wave surfer, Laird Hamilton was, and he needed a morning fuel that could allow him to spend the entire day chasing the ultimate wave. So he made this creamer, and it is, uh, it's, it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, Laird sources high-quality plant-based ingredients globally and puts an emphasis on U.S. sources whenever possible. They aim to source responsibly and sustainably and believe that the food you consume should be as good for the earth as they are for you. They have honest and transparent products and labels. Uh, if you try it, you won't go back. Um, they have functional superfood creamers, instant lattes, and prebiotic greens. They have a variety of snacks and supplements full of wholesome plant-based ingredients to keep you charged for wherever life takes you. So to get a deal on Laird Superfoods, I need you to go to zen.ai, B-W-A-A-A, king of the hill. So that's zen.ai slash B-W-A-A-A, king of the hill. And your offer code there is B-W-A-A-A. So Laird Superfoods makes a better creamer that keeps you powered all day, and it's better for you, the earth, and your coffee. What do you say, Rusty? You want to go get some coffee? Mmm. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rusty. Yeah. Did you know that dehydration is the leading cause of daytime fatigue? Oh, no. I don't know about you, but like 2, 33 o'clock, I just hit a wall almost every day. I was shocked to learn that even mild dehydration can cause headaches, muscle weakness, brain fog. But luckily, there's a cure. Oh, there is? Uh, actually, I should have said there's a solution. It's called cure. Cure hydration. Uh, the Cure Hydration is an oral rehydration solution, or ORS, uh, that contains the perfect balance of electrolytes. You know how important that is because plants crave it. Super important. And glucose to help your body absorb water and rehydrate quickly. The formula is made with all natural ingredients like coconut water, powder, and pink Himalayan salt. Whoopee. And it is free from artificial flavors, sweeteners, and preservatives. Cure Hydration is vegan gluten-free and non-gmo uh that makes it a great option for anyone with dietary restrictions and preferences uh the packets that they give you they're convenient they're easy to use you just mix them with water and drink they're perfect for on the go travel or anytime you need quick hydration uh hydration is more than just drinking water rusty it is uh that's what lauren picasso a lifelong endurance athlete discovered as she struggled to stay hydrated no matter how much water she drank i've known people like that my yeah, wife my yeah, wife drinks yeah. so much water it's crazy Lauren found Cure, a science-backed electrolyte drink mix, to make hydration easy for everyone. Uh, Cure believes that hydration should be simple and effective, but also clean and natural. That's why they only use the highest ingredients and quality plant-based uh, stuff to avoid any artificial or harmful additives. They're committed to transparency and honesty. All of their ingredients are clearly listed on their website and packaging, and they're always happy to answer any questions or concerns. So are you ready to combat dehydration? Absolutely. You, you can try Cure today and feel difference for feel the difference for yourself. Use your code 
B W A A A. Sorry, I'm blank. You're good for twenty percent off your order. Try Cure today and feel the difference for yourself. Use our special code B W A A A for twenty percent off your order. Uh, your coupon will be activated at checkout. Try Cure Hydration. Stop drying out. Okay, and we are back. Uh, next thing we see is it's in Hank's house, but Dale is there with a lint roller helping Cotton uh, get the lint off of his dress uniform. Do you notice that? Like, that's one of the things in the show that I've uh, I've noticed more so when we've done it than I've ever you know observed on my own. How uh, Gribble kind of simp's. He does for Hank's dad. Yeah, very much. And you so. know what? I didn't know why he simped for him until you see the the gay rodeo episode. Oh, yeah. I think that he has problems with his dad, like, you know, confronting the fact that his dad is a gay man. Oh, he would very much and, like Cotton to be his dad. And I think yeah. that's what it is. Very I think that's so. what it is, is he's got all these confrontations, uh, internal conflicts about his dad being a gay man, that he looks at Cotton for uh, some type of masculine role. Oh, I think he's always even looking for Even though his gay a, dad is a masculine man. Yeah. He's not effeminate just because he's gay. He's well, I think he's horses and... I think he's always horse. looking for a leader. He's always looking for somebody to follow. He's always looking for somebody who has a position of authority, you know, that he can kind of mm-hmm. glom on to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's definitely a thing for, for Dale. But he's he's got that lint roller, and he's going over... Um, cotton's cotton's uniform and he goes colonel from your dress and demeanor i can assume you're about to take your own life in a cheap motel room with your service revolver <laughs> jesus dale <laughs> that uh, yeah that was rough cotton says no cigar gribble i'm headed over to the texas state cemetery uh and then we he goes into the kitchen he sees peggy and she's kind of in a uh like a jogging suit or something but she's still sitting in her wheelchair he goes you can't wear that to my hearing she goes don't worry cotton i won't uh and peggy looks pretty damn depressed again Right, I yeah, because it's all kind of falling through the floor. Yeah, it fell for through. Her, yeah. You know, she was, she was, uh, she thought in her mind she was bonding with an unbondable person. Yeah, and it turns out that the thought, the 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 things that they were bonding over, she managed was, to find that there's probably a up. potential made up story in there somewhere. Yeah. Some of yeah. it's probably true, but it's a lot of half truths and a lot of uh, untruths too. So that I think that's what's kind of. Uh, weighing on her you know what i mean yeah. she thought that she well was he actually is connecting to him he is who she thought he was you know yeah, basically but that's the thing is, why did you yeah. think he would change like yeah, like I, I said you know he's still the he's still the old codger well it's he, peggy help, though but, yeah. peggy peggy does this she jumps from thing to thing and like immediately believes in it you know so hard that when it finally unravels in front of her she's just so depressed super depressed. you know yeah she doesn't know how to handle herself on this one she goes don't worry yeah. cotton i won't he goes well good so change and meet me there and show some leg they ain't got much tone but gams is gams all right that's great gams is gams <laughs> that's a shirt that's a shirt we need gams right is gams it could be our holiday shirt and it could have a ham on it and it just said like a like a smoked ham. hams is hams but it's got to be a smoked ham with the cherry and sure. then the pineapples on it it's like got the, the old cross 50s things on it the, yeah, yeah 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 with the uh the what is it the string or whatever the oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, wrapped yeah, in the ham. yeah uh so gams is gams and cotton leaves uh peggy goes let's go hank uh, Hank comes in from the other room. Apparently he's been on the phone. He goes, I just talked to Ramsey. He said, he'll take you back, but he's got to warn you. Mrs. Flores is already combing her own hair. So don't get jealous. Wow. That is a low bar. <laughs> 
Next thing we see is a. It's funny that he says, "Don't get jealous." Like, <laughs> don't get like jealous. She's gonna get jealous because this lady can do. This lady can can, can, uh, can yeah can do her hair. Uh, next thing we see is a very sexy nurse uh, in a doorway with like one of those feather Hello, little whip nurse. things, and uh, she goes, "Who's ready for a sponge bath?" And then it pans over, and you see Boomhauer yep. in the body cast. And he goes, "Yo," <laughs> that's that's the entire scene. That's it. That's it. Just that. Yeah. Just a funny way that people use this cast, and I don't think the cast is shown again, right? After this, I think that's so, the last appearance of the body cast. Is, is so that, that does that mean it stays in Boomhauer's house? I mean, it's some some place in his house. This cast is still there, and it may or may not be covered in in semen. Well, you know what I think about his Boomhauer's house. I imagine that uh, you know how Family Guy Quagmire has all his little weird butt. He hits yeah, a button sure. and he goes wow, his whole house flips. Sure, uh, I imagine that's, that's how Boom, probably that's how it I is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're back at rehab, and Ramsey, uh, the rehab guy, is saying, "Let's see those bicep curls." Where'd we leave off? Uh, Hank says five pounds, and Peggy, of course, still uh, very depressed. She goes, "I'd like the half pounders, please." Uh, and Ramsey comes walking over with these tiny little hand weights, and he goes, okay, let's get busy. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's take it slow. Uh, now we're at the uh, the Texas uh, State Cemetery. Yeah. And this uh, is that commission now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so they give – it says, for, for your portrayal of Dr. Jerry Kenderson on TV's Dallas, 1984 to 1986, we proudly assign you Barry Jenner, Cemetery Plot 4, Section K. So uh, this is a I real don't guy. know anything about Dallas. So Barry Jenner is the actor who Barry played Barry Jenner is Jerry the actor. Kenderson. Today. He did, and he is a real guy, and he literally was on Dallas from 1984 to 86. What is Dallas? Uh, the TV show? I know it's a who TV show. Who shot JR? That yeah, thing? I never, you know, I never watched it. There was net like it's a soap opera. Out of all the shows that go into syndication yeah. from old shows, yeah. that one just is not there. Yeah. You could watch 24 hours of Walker, Texas Ranger on Pluto TV. Sure. That's not a plug. That's a, I'm a true fan of the, 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 the program, programming on Sponsor that. Sponsor us, Pluto. Pluto TV would be a cool sponsorship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, Barry Jenner is standing there and he goes, Oh, thank you. Uh, and then um, in the back, you see DDGH and Cotton sitting there, and Cotton's in his full regalia. He goes, "They're gonna, ah, oh, they're gonna run out of graves." Well, that's that. That is a actual real thing that uh, uh, you run out of graves. Some cemeteries, yeah. I mean, you only can bury. There's only so much space. So much space. That's why I say, as a country, we need to start burying people straight up and down. Straight up and down. Yeah, just save so much space. Or we should be just cremating. I think. Well, sure. Or, but I'm saying if you want to be buried in the ground, get buried straight up and down. Well, they've got a lot of biological things, too. There's this one place that you can donate your body to for soil, and they put your body and you decompose into soil, and then well, they sell the soil. The soil goes to your—they don't sell it, sorry. The soil goes back to your family after you decompose into the soil, and then you take it and you use your— I don't want any of that. your dad to grow your tomatoes. I don't want any of that. I nope. do. I want to do that. Nope. No, thank you. Like, my dad has no choice. I'm I don't want do human soil tomatoes. It doesn't haunt me. I don't want to think about it. Uh, and so the chairman of the committee, he goes, that concludes today's business. The Texas State Cemetery Commission will reconvene in six months. Well, Cotton has none of that. And he goes, uh, hold on, you fellas got one more man to bury. And uh, the guy says, all right, pass up your application. He goes, oh, I don't have it on me at the moment. It's being crippled over. Crippled over. 
he goes, goes, give me another minute, please. Uh, The guy at the commission goes, I'm afraid that's impossible. And he comes up and he starts to pound that gavel. uh, And uh, (laughs) Cotton sticks his hand under the place where you pound the gavel. And he goes, no, 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 not the gavel. Don't bang the. And then he pounds it on his hand. He goes, ah, doesn't count. Meeting's not adjourned. Uh, Now we're back at physical therapy. And uh, uh, Peggy is really struggling with these little half-pound weights. Hank is over there having a great time. He's sitting on one of those giant balls, just kind of going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Strengthening his core, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, He goes, way to go, Peggy. You're doing just great. She she, she has about had enough at this point. She goes, would you please stop yelling at me? What was I thinking? Munich? Rat tails? He's no hero. He was just torturing me. He's a complete fraud. Snapped on the wrong person. Uh, And then Hank... This is this is the duality that is Hank, right? Yeah. He he hates his dad, but he loves his dad. He doesn't want attention from his dad, but he so desperately wants attention from his dad. Well, he you know? recognizes. I th- I think it's like every man with their dad. You you recognize the traumas that they grew up with, yeah. and then you recognize that they're just you know they're just as human as you are. And there's no manual for this shit. You know, there's no life guide to say, hey, this is how you have to be. So I think that's what he does. He kind of levels with his dad in that sense like you know you raised me you made sure i had food at the very least you cared for my raw basic physical needs even if it didn't you know do the emotional needs yeah but i think that's what it is it's just the generational he just passed on the generational trauma and with bobby it ends that's the beautiful part that is true i think out you see that this generational trauma really ends with bobby because bobby gets to be whoever he wants to be unapologetically, whereas Hank, he's got to be this, you know... Hank uh, may say a couple of things about it. Tighter than his urethra. Yeah. (laughs) Hank may say a couple of things about it, but ultimately he's just there to support Bobby. Yeah, you know, yeah, with yeah. whatever Bobby wants to do. For sure. Uh, Even though he don't like it, he still shows up. Yeah, and so, you see yeah, Hank's just my like... My dad didn't like a lot of the crap I did, but he still showed up. So she says he's a complete fraud, and Hank, you hear him go... <laughs> she goes, what? What are you muttering? Are you actually trying to defend him? He goes, said, uh, that fraud used to be six foot four. Peggy goes, so? He goes, when he came back from the Pacific, he was five foot even. A Japanese machine gun blew away his shins. The doctor said he'd never walk again. So he was six foot four. And then he was five foot even. Yeah, so 16 inches of shin. Well, let's look. Let me see. Let me see what my shin looks like. Yeah, you got, a six, you got an easy 16 inches. Is that 16 inches of shin? You got an easy 16 inches in your shin. There's, you your, there's your third inches. shirt for you. There 16 you inches of shin. Right there. That's all that says. And then it's got a big <laughs> shin guard or something right. on there. Yeah. Or just the uh, uh, the anatomical <laughs> shin bone. 16 inches of shin. Uh, he said. Do you think uh, that giraffes have shins? Yeah, they or have they to. they just have tall knees? No, they have to have, they have shins. They have shins. Sure. Yeah, they're little or tiny they things, but yeah, they have shins. Shins. little toothpick shins. Uh, he goes, a Japanese fi- uh, machine gun blew away his shins. Doctor said he'd never walk again. 18 months later, he decided to walk right over to that doctor, reached up, and punched him in the kidneys. <laughs> I just I love that because I can picture it in my head. You know how he's just like waddling over and punching him in the kidneys. Boom! Just blast him in his kidneys. He says, "Now I can't." That's the the only place he can punch you is your kidneys. (laughs) That's right. Or butt punch you in the feet. uh, Punch you in the feet. Uh, Your toes a little bit. He says, "Now I can't prove what he did at those battles. In fact, I don't even know if that part about hitting the doctor is true. But I know that my dad doesn't have shins, and somehow he walks, and that's pretty heroic to me. And that is what I was muttering. And Hank's got a point." Right. I mean, Cotton is a dick, but he has been through a lot. Right. uh, This next scene right here where uh, 
He goes, I'm an old man. I got a newborn son. Well, it's kind of funny because it reminds me of us. There, man, there was somebody who just had a kid that's like 110 years old. Uh, it was uh, uh, Robert, uh, De Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro yeah. just had a child. He's like Robert 80. De Niro. Was it him? Yeah, it was yeah, him. It was He's him. like 80-something yeah. years old and yeah. just had a child. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Uh, and so uh, we're back at the Texas State Cemetery. And you see, uh, you see Cotton saying, I, I'm an old man. I got a newborn son. I can't let him visit me in the civilian cemetery. What kind of place is that for a child's birthday party? <laughs> Golly. He I guess he expects them to have GH's birthday party every year at the cemetery. At the cemetery. Uh, for you guys, though, next time uh, I'm in Austin, I'll be in Austin on Tuesday. I'm going to drive oh by gosh. the cemetery and snap a picture. Oh, for, yeah, for please do. Medias. Yeah. Because uh, I should be... I should be there on Tuesday. Well, I will be. I will be in Austin for sure on Tuesday. Uh, that's hilarious. So. Uh, GPS now you see it. Hank start to wheel in Peggy, and Peggy says, Mr. Chairman, the chair recognizes Mrs. Peggy Hill. Well, that's not the way it works, Peggy, yeah. but okay. No, it's not the way it she, works. She goes, in deference to the committee's busy schedule, I have chosen to highlight only a few of Cotton Hill's many acts of bravery at Guam, the Solomon Islands, Sardinia, and Okinawa. And she's just passing out these applications to all the guys on the committee. Uh, Cotton says, dang it, woman, you forgot Munich. Uh, and she goes, you were never in Munich. He goes, oh, I wasn't? All right. Yeah. <laughs> he just he agrees to it. it. Yeah. He's not even He's arguing done. with it. Yeah. He's done with the argument for sure. Now we're at the cemetery, and so I'm assuming that they gave him his plot in the Texas State Cemetery, and uh, Bobby sees one of, the, one of the graves, and he goes, Stephen F. Austin? Is that that bionic guy or the wrestler? Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> six million dollar man. Six Steve, million Steve dollar Austin. man and Stone Cold Steve Austin. We can wrestler. rebuild it. Yeah, Make so him better. Faster. That was a good... Uh, you know, he was actually uh, Lee Majors who played Steve Austin uh -huh. in uh, Six Million Dollar Man. Was actually married to Farrah Fawcett. Yes, he absolutely was. Majors. At a time, uh, there, was, uh, there was a Steve Austin... Uh, six million dollar man doll, right? And I'm drawing you kind of what I think of of the six million dollar man. I'm doing it real fast here, so it's not going to be my best art ever. Well, it's actually pretty good. So let's I, say I there's the that. there's the six million dollar man. You see right? how good that you is? That? I couldn't do that. Yeah. And then what would happen is because Steve Austin had these bionic eyes, right? And yeah. so in his in I think it was his right eye, there was this uh, thing in the in you could look in the back of his head and you would see like these crosshairs oh, well, if you look through, through his, his head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It was the greatest doll. You know, like, I was having a conversation with a friend uh, earlier about uh, <laughs> action figures. Sorry. About action figures. That's yeah. what we were talking yeah. about. And car we we're, were talking about cartoons mainly and uh, how that oh well you know cartoons are for, were made for adults first. Sure. Which they were. And Absolutely. then how in the you know late or the late sixties, the seventies, eighties, nineties today they use all these uh all the sounds of the 60s 70s 80s sell. 90s and today they use uh all the cartoons to sell toys and stuff oh sure and tv yeah. shows that was what that was like an example well, there were some that. cartoons that uh, were invented because they could sell toys oh, i mean they were it. literally made literally, to sell toys it. the very first rendition i think my little pony oh my transform yeah. that whole that was area. hasbro that boy they the were rubik's big in the cube, kids toys the, the rubik's cube cartoon oh that's a whole Come different thing on, that's, that's a whole different thing hey uh, but this this action <laughs> figure action figure not doll was twelve inches tall. So I mean, it's good size, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I had him I and I had Bosley, the guy who handles him. Yeah, right. I had those two guys, and then I had a Darth Vader that was just a little bit taller, a Chewbacca who was taller than that, and I used to make them all fight. So oh, there you okay, go. six million. I had my own fighting Chewbacca. Yeah, I had my own uh, little little Light. universe going on in my head. That's a good. That would be a great. 
uh, what was it? Man, what was the old show they had on MTV? Yeah, the Claymation uh, uh, Wrestling. Yeah, uh, that would chicken, be great. Uh, Chewbacca versus the Six Million Dollar Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, here you go. There my he is. my bad guy, my bad guy, was this, and I think his name was, um, oh, something Russian, but it was this bald. So <laughs> I'm gonna draw another picture. Uh, there was this bald guy, uh, and somebody out there is gonna know. Oh, there you go. What his name the is. Six million dollar man. Now with bionic grip. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it it uh it he's got the kung fu grip, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the that's the one part. that Eddie Murphy talks about in Raw. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah kung fu grip. Kung yeah. fu grip. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Oh, on the red suit, too. That's he right. wore a red suit that's right. and uh Oh yeah. You know he wore that all the time. Me? You know what irks me about the red suit in Raw? What's that? And it was it Raw where he wore a red yeah. suit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that leather a red leather suit. They're two different shades of red. That's true. They are. Pants. Well, I think the pants are like a. It didn't matter shade. at the time. We couldn't. We couldn't. Uh, uh, we couldn't tell, make Pantone colors yeah, match. The TV couldn't tell anyway. I'm sure uh, so that. Bobby asks about the guy or the wrestler, and uh, anyway, uh, Cotton says, "I found it." And then Dee Dee says, uh, they've, "They've gotten up onto this hill, right? And on top of this hill in this big cemetery. And I mean, the cemetery goes on forever. Uh, I think they said it was forty-four acres or whatever. Twenty-two. Twenty-two acres, same yeah, thing. Twenty-two acres. Uh, and uh, it, you know, I mean, it's a million, two hundred, two hundred million, whatever. Uh, and Dee Dee's up there, and she goes, "It's a lovely <laughs> grave, Cotton. You deserve it. They're all up on the hill, with the exception of Peggy. Peggy is still down below the hill because, of course, she's in the wheelchair. She can't get up there. Yeah. Uh, Cotton looks down at her." And he goes, ain't you coming, Hank's wife? She goes, that's okay. Uh, I can see it from here. He goes, not the same. And he starts going down to her. He goes, out of the chair. Let's go. Start climbing. She goes, but I can't. He goes, what do you mean you can't? You mean uh, you won't because you're weak and lazy. <clears throat> and she she kind of laughs a little bit. And she goes, Cotton, please, I climb. Uh, he goes, he goes uh, she goes, I can't. He says, uh, please, I climbed the cliffs of Normandy with a 50-pound ice cream maker strapped to my back, and you're telling me you can't climb a stupid little hill? So this finally gets to her, and she goes, all right, Cotton. And she gets out of her chair, uh, and she says, look, uh, I know what you're doing, but I'm very tired. He goes, you get to the top of that hill, and I'll let you dance on my grave. Boy, that is what she needed to hear right there. Oh, she's running. She's sprinting. She's yeah, she, she gets out. She, she flops out of the chair. And she starts crawling up that hill, man. She finally gets to the top. She's just covered in grass and dirt and stuff. But, boy, she got there. Uh, and he's out there just going, move it, move it. Come on, come on. Yeah. She climbs to the top, and she looks at Cotton and goes, Cotton, may I have this dance? And she stands up for the first time since she's fallen out of that airplane. Yep. Now, she immediately kind of collapses, but yeah, she, she collapses she on up, though. She collapses on Cotton, and then they kind of dance, may and I we go to credits, yeah, and that's it. Cotton, may I have this dance? Yep, that's it. That's it. Uh, it's a very sweet ending to something so cotton-heavy. Cotton-heavy? Well, know? not only cotton-heavy, it's, uh, it's wrapping the bow on the, the three-part. This is a three-part. I, 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 yeah. I consider no, it is. this yeah, definitely. a three-part parter you know uh if uh i would have been a show designer for this i would have released uh the first two episodes as a hour-long show for you to watch yeah well because that's what they do with a lot of i a get lot of it premieres i get stuff. it they would run it but they but, don't, but they think about it this was uh like a season-ending cliffhanger kind of thing yeah you know? it was yeah and then we get our credits and after the credits we hear cotton say i can't hear you 
That's it. Yep, that's, that's it. it. That's a good one. Though. End of season episode. four, episode two, Cotton's Plot. And the second recorded video episode. That's right. So that's right. Guys, Whether you like it or not, we're yeah, right here. We're here. So, yeah, you could go check us out at B-W-A-A-K-O-T-H on YouTube. Yep. Uh, we'd love it if you went and checked that out. You could uh, check us out at B-W-A-A-K-O-T-H everywhere else on social media. Uh, we have a link tree, L-I-N-K. I actually, could you put that on the video? Sure. Yeah, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash B-W-A-A-A-K-O-T-H. That has all of our links there. And uh, we're still going to eventually get y'all some Spotify music, too. Oh, yeah. Gotta, we'll work on that. I got to keep uh, my fault. I keep forgetting about it. We got kind of a big move coming up where uh, we're yeah. moving to a new location or a couple of new locations. Oh, and when we move to that new location... Uh, it's going to be cool. So it will be very cool. Go. It's got a lot of new stuff coming uh, up. We're going to the 21st floor of a big old building here. Not in only is it a big old building, it is the oldest skyscraper. It's the landmark in here in Texas. Waco. Yeah, it's it's, it's, uh, it's the big Alico Waco, building. Yeah. For Texas in general, it's huge. And the, and you know what, the, what it is, and it really is kind of sad for Wacoans, it shows the progress that was stunted by the old tornado. That's true. Because at the time of the tornado, we were uh, seventy as years big right? as Austin. Yeah, seventy years since the tornado. Fifty three. We uh, we went and watched uh, a documentary. Yeah, we saw the documentary. Yeah, we, we, we went good. and saw the premiere of the documentary. It was an hour long, uh, put together by Brady Taylor, the weatherman, yeah, uh, yeah. Channel Ten He's here, CBS Channel Ten. Brady Taylor, if you're listening to this, let's do a weather podcast. <laughs> I have Vince. Brady in my is car Brady storms. is seriously the nicest guy in the world. Uh, he invited myself uh, and I took my wife to to see the premiere, and it was it was very very well done uh beautiful have, footage uh, and stuff but it but it did show how basically the entire downtown of waco texas was destroyed and the alico was one of the only buildings left standing and that's what and it is the tallest had, building yeah. downtown i mean it's a huge building it's the only it's so weird that really an f5 tornado, tornado came through here and it left that building standing it should the, have toppled it was the uh it was the technology though it was it was State of the yeah. art. It was a state of the art building for its time. It was. It was definitely uh, ahead of its time. One of the things they say in the in the documentary is that some of those buildings were literally just bricks sitting on top of bricks. So there was no reinforcement. There was no anything. Was and so, so yeah. when all that big wind and stuff came through, uh, the whole thing just like slid down. You know, just like they would just slide. Yeah, the because they would just, just come apart. Uh, I, I asked my father about it because he was, I think, eight or nine at the time when mm-hmm. that came through. Uh, apparently, my grandmother was downtown working in a grocery store, and they all had to go into a meat locker during the tornado. Oh, wow. They came out, and the whole building was gone. And then my dad said him and, and his dad ran down there to check on my grandmother, and he saw a piece of straw, like from a broom, yeah. that had gone through a telephone gone pole. Gone through a telephone pole. Yeah. I actually yeah. have uh, one of my dad's cousins that fought in World War II had... Uh, of course, he comes back from the war in 1945. 1953, the tornado happens. He drives up from Houston to come check everything out uh, yeah. the day after. Because my family lived in oh, Waco, yeah. and he came to check on everybody. So he drives up the day after to help. And uh, so I actually have some never-before-seen photographs of the 1953 tornado. You should sell those to the city. I've thought about it. I don't know if they would. I don't know how much they'd pay for them. Well, guys, was. thank you so much for joining us. We yeah, really appreciate it. it. Yeah, Second episode. You. I promise Mason is back there. He's listening to us. He's helping produce. Yeah, he's back uh, with us. It's been a while since. And he will. It, he back. will be back on these episodes. Uh, thank you, Mason, for being behind the scenes. We appreciate it. Uh, I also wanted you guys to know that this uh, this gorilla mask has no meaning, no bearing on this episode. Nothing. It's just pretty. It's so just I there. put it there. Yeah, it's yeah. just there. We uh, we needed stuff to have on the desk, so it didn't. 
and looked That's right. Bear. That's right. We just wanted, instead of bear, we went with a gorilla. You know, I think it would be funny is if you got some fake googly eyes and put them in his, sure. in his head. Sure. Yeah, it does look a little something. It does look a little scary right now with no eyes in it. Or we need a skull. We need a skull and then the gorilla mask. I got that, too. All right, guys. Well, thank you again, and we will see you on Friday, or we'll hear you on Friday. We'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah, we'll talk to you on Friday. See you next time. We Matanye. We Matanye, indeed. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.